we got to have this this chunk of reality here that says, uh, "Be patient. Your time will will come." It's it's got to be a difficult thing because we're, we're talking about two very talented teams. Bart, it's not difficult. It's impossible. <laughs> it's absolutely impossible. <laughs> Hey, everybody, this is Pete. Uh, welcome to a very special edition of At WCSU. Uh, it's going to be a little different than most weeks, but it's got some familiar parts. And for those of you that have been listening to the WestCon Football Podcast, you'll recognize uh, Bart Basterna. He'll be here on this episode. Yeah, this is just a quick one we wanted to put out this week before the men's and women's soccer teams uh, play their LEC conference semifinals Thursday here at the WAC at WestCon at 4 and 7 p.m. respectively. Uh, today, the coaches of the men's and women's teams, uh, Alex Harrison and Joe Mingachos, are here to talk to Bart. And Paul is here to talk to our new student co-host, Destiny Samuel. Uh, it's been a while since we had a student co-host, and we're, we're glad to have some student energy back on the pod because uh, Paul and I are old. So um, without further ado, let's, uh, let's go on to Paul and Destiny. And now, recorded live from the basement of Whitehall, our new co-host and star of At WCSU, Destiny Samuel. Okay, it's just me, but... Hello! Hello! Thank you for joining us as our co-host. Of course, of course. Such a fun time. Excited to be here. (laughs) And Destiny's going to be with us for the rest of her time at WestCon, which is through next semester. True. Because you're a senior now, right? I am a senior. I mean, I'll be here in the spring, and then I'll be graduating and walking, which is so bittersweet. But yes, I will be here holding it down, representing where I can. (laughs) And what's your major? I am a theater performance major. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And how has that served you so so far? Well, I'll say during COVID, the two years where we couldn't do theater, Mm. it was a little bit of a stretch for me. But I love it here. We have a fantastic program here. a lot of specializations within the program. I feel like I've grown as an actor, even though I've been doing this for a couple of years. It's just that here, the environment that I've been put in and the professionals that we work with, I can't, can't compare. That's great. And you started, actually, in your college career somewhere else, right? I did. I'm a transfer student. Come, I came from Kingsborough Community College, Brooklyn, New York. Shouting out, Brooklyn. Um, but, yes, I met WestCon at the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival. Um, they hold it every year. It's just like basically they go to shows. Representatives select a, sl- a certain amount of students to come up. They present their work. Um, it's a competition. It's for a scholarship. And WestCon has a huge presence out there. And I was like, okay, wait, who is this school that kind of like, they're all so talented. I'm so confused. Um, but crushed since, it. They crushed it. They mm. Honestly, they swept all of the awards, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so um, I, my vocal coach there at my last college, Kingsborough, talked me into meeting with the musical theater department here at WestCon. They took my audition that I did at KCSTF, Kennedy Center College Theater Festival, um, as my pre-screen for this program. And then I auditioned, and here I am today. That's good. What did you do for your audition? Ooh, I sang a song, um, Climbing Uphill, from the last five years, and I did a monologue from a play called Fabulation, hmm. the untold story of Undine Barnes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> By Lynn Nottage, my favorite playwrights. Yes. Wow. And it got you in. It got me in. You got I mean, all yes votes. Yes, 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 I did. Oh, wow. Memory lane, please. <laughs> 
And then you branched off and you're involved in a bunch of different things here. I did. And I will say, even though COVID, I know it's hard to talk about, but I think because we were in that pandemic, it was so hard to make connections. It really forced me to get outside of my shell. I always tell the story because it's the funniest story. The reason why I'm a student leader today is because there was one student, I'll shout her out, her name was Susie. I was on my way to lunch to get a pizza and she randomly stopped me in the hallway. She was like, hey, do you want to do a fashion show? I was like, what? <laughs> I was, she's like, yeah, do you want to walk? I was like, I'm good, thank you. I picked up my pizza, <laughs> I went back. She's like, please just promise you'll come back. I was like, sure, I'll come back. I was not planning on coming back. But going back to get dinner, she stopped me again. She's like, you, you promised this time? And I said, okay, fine. So I walked in it just for fun, for laughs. But then I got into the show, and then I met so many new people. It was a place I can go to, even though we were in quarantine, just every Tuesday, Thursday, just to be with people and make friends. Um, and eventually, I ended up joining the e-board. This is the African Caribbean Student Association. Um, and then from there, she was like, well, she was the vice president of SGA at the time. So she's like, hey, mm. have you heard about SGA? Do you want to join that? I said, well, what can I lose? What can I do? And then I did that, and I was senator for a year. And now I am the director of finance for said organization. Um, so I owe everything to me just picking up a pizza and a girl stopped me in the hallway. Because of that, I just kept saying yes. And now I am here with you today. It's amazing, huh? Yes. And you said yes when we called you about the podcast. I'm saying yes my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> and you... Uh, Daryl Dennis, right? Don't you work with him in his office too? Um, so I do not personally work in the ICA office. However, um, I'm in a multitude of clubs that are under his uh. office. He's the Intercultural Affairs Director, I believe. So ACSA, um, African Caribbean Student Association, Student Association, is under that, and so is the Black Student Union, which I used to be on the eboard eboard member of, is also under mm. that. And I deal because I'm the finance director. I deal with the multitude of clubs who come to see us, and I just. I have some extra love for the ICA clubs, <laughs> so they all know me. I all know them, and I work really closely with Daryl Dennis because of that. Yeah. And so as finance director, you have a math background or anything? Or? <laughs> uh, it's so funny to me because, honestly, math is one of the scariest um, subjects for all theater majors. But for <laughs> me personally, I love math. I've always loved math. I used to be a math tutor in my last college. My mother is a teacher, so I grew up working hard. Like, I didn't go to sleepovers. My mom would give me practice state tests when I was home. Wow. Um, so I always looked at math fondly. It's one of my favorite subjects. So moving into finance just seemed natural for me. Yeah, no let's, kidding. Let's have a skill, please. So are you appreciative of what your mom did? Oh, yeah. I mean, at the time, you know, when you're 12, you're like, I just want to hang out with my friends. Um, but I think it gave me, it taught me at a young age how to have a drive, how to have discipline in terms of my studies. My mom, she supports me fully with my theater, but it's only because she knows that I do have that discipline to find other things or other avenues to support me, regardless if I make it or not in my mm -hmm. career. Is so. that what you're hoping to do is make it in theater? Yeah, and it's really weird because at, when you're first getting into it, you're like, I want to be an actor. I'm going to be serious. But now that I've explored other options um, and that I've done other hobbies, I can see myself going into different career paths, maybe within the same industry, but outside of just being an actor on stage. Mm -hmm. But I can see myself being a producer or a director or a casting agent because I have these other skills that I've learned. Because I've learned event coordinating through fashion show and because I know how to work balance books. Like That's something that's invaluable that I picked up here mm -hmm. that I know I can take into my career in the future. I can see that too. So it's valuable to get involved when you're on campus yes. and uh, be involved in a bunch of different yes. things. Yes. When I was orientation leader, that was the one thing I pushed as much as I could to the new freshman, please get involved because you only get 
the experience you get is only what you put into SCON. So if you don't get involved, if you don't stop at that one table and ask questions, if you don't go to that one event your friend is dragging you to, how much fun are you really going to have here? So just join one thing. Say yes. Say yes. <laughs> if you take one thing away from here, say yes. <laughs> it kind of sounds like it kind of changed uh, your life, really. It did, honestly. <laughs> um, I went home recently. Um, and I met with some of my friends back in New York, and they're like, "You're so different. It's weird." And I was like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "You're like a human." Like they've been saying that, like you're a fully developed person. And I think the independence of being away from home that I've grown so much here. Like I've learned how to function in a way that I have not functioned back home in New York. Yeah, I've, I'm a different person. I'm ready mm -hmm. <laughs> to do what I need to do. So that's yeah. cool. Thank you. <laughs> and on this podcast, we're going to talk about what's coming up and uh, get your perspective as a student about WestCon and anything else that we want to talk about, right? I'm ready. Yeah. Aren't you working on a fashion show coming up? Yes, the fashion show, my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm the vice president of African Caribbean Student Association. I will say that. It's a mouthful, but I will say it. Um, and we are currently putting on our Griot Gala. A lot of people are like, what does Griot mean? But Griot, um, it's a West African term for a storyteller or a mm. poet who basically tells the stories of the past through style, fashion, dance, da da da. So our theme for this show, is because it's historical, we're setting it up as a museum, and every segment is a different exhibit museum. Mm. So you'll get some history in the show, as long as some dances, some music, some fashion. I'm very excited. Um, as a Caribbean woman, whoop, Diana, repping it. Um, it's just so <laughs> nice because this is a PWI, a predominantly white institution, to have that space where I'm able to showcase my culture and others like it, and we have a space to show the rest of the community what we love and what we do. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited for that. It is happening on November 18th, Friday, in Whitehall, as Concert Hall, actually. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are ready, tickets will be on sale by the end of this week. They are $5. And for all West Con students, it is free. So if you That's have a pretty time, good deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty great deal, honestly, mm -hmm. for what you're getting, the performances and the shows. It, play, make time to go out, please. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> I think we'll be talking about it a few more times between now and then, right? Mm, oh, yes, definitely. I can't stop talking about it. It's coming up, though. It's only three weeks from today, this recording. Yeah, oh, sounds right. It's like 17 days from now. Like days. <laughs> I have a countdown on my phone, and right next to it's a quote that says, all things are difficult before they are easy. So <laughs> every time I'm like sending out contracts, I'm like, please get them back to me. Uh, or every time I have a model try on clothes and it doesn't fit, I'm like, okay. It's fine. We'll work through it. We'll work through it. Um, yes, all things are difficult before they are easy. Putting the work in now, so it'll pay off later. Are you working every day on it until then? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have our rehearsals every Monday and Wednesday, but it's a never-ending job because if I'm not in rehearsal working on the actual choreography, I'm meeting with Catherine Cost, who is the fiscal assistant for CSI, and we're sending out contracts. We're going over budgets. It's a never-ending process. So yeah. <laughs> just to make sure this show is on its feet and it's running and it runs smoothly the day of, we're putting in the work in now. What kind of contracts do you need for it? Oh, yes. Okay, so personal service forms. So for any mm -hmm. service that we bring in from outside the university, they have to be to sign a PSA. Um, so we're bringing in like a 360 camera for the audience. So basically you stand on a stand and it just circulates around you. It's a nice little video. We have photographers coming in. We have like makeup artists. We have um, a steel pan band coming in performing. We have some more musicians. We have a dance team from Southern, actually, oh, cool. our, our CSU sister school coming up and performing. So it's so nice. And we love to have 
we're trying to cultivate that CUC relationship with the other African Caribbean clubs. So we've invited them to come over. We have some people coming. Very excited. Good. But yeah, it's looking to be a really big event. So. Hmm. And what is your Caribbean background? I am Guyanese. And from my father's side, I am Vincentian. So yes. You're what? <laughs> Vincentian. It's St. Vincent. Oh, okay. Yes. That's interesting. Um, yes, Guyanese. Two different ones. Well, he was born in Trinidad, and then he, but he grew up in St. Vincent, so he claims St. Vincent more. Mm-hmm. And my mom, born and raised in Guyana. When I was growing up, every year we went back to Guyana for the whole summer. So, like, a very, very close relationship to that country. Mm-hmm. Um, I have fond memories, like, walking down the seawall and making, like, traditional foods like mitai or curry. And, yeah, it's just a part of me. And I love being able to share that, like, that music that I grew up on. It just... Rehearsal has been so fun, just being able to pull those tunes out and dance. Yeah. yeah, That's cool. So you were born in Brooklyn? Born in Brooklyn, yes. So, yes, I'm American. But (laughs) (laughs) I do claim the Caribbean roots because of how much time I have spent in the country. Absolutely. Do you still make the food? Oh, yes. Honestly, I just bought the ingredients to make this dessert called Mitai. It's like, they're they're not sugar sticks, but it's like glazed in like this ginger syrup mm. and it's like a yeah i don't know how to explain it but it's like that part really sounds good dessert. no it's a really delicious dessert i'm making it for my friends because they never tried it and i was like i think we're planning for thanksgiving to do a cultural potluck so all of us are planning to bring something from our culture to just sure showcase and share and eat good so i'm very excited for that here on campus or uh, here on campus yeah like in my dorm we're all just gonna have a little potluck that'll be great yeah very excited and um Oh, how about Halloween? Did you celebrate Halloween? Oh, did I celebrate Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. I actually, I went to Steve Harvey for this Halloween, and I was filming a bunch of TikToks in the <laughs> Daily Grind yesterday. Um, it was a hit. Everyone loved it. I know Prisma Art Club did do a photo shoot for a fundraising event, so I got a couple of photos through there because I wanted to support, but also get glorious photos of my Steve Harvey fit and my bald cap and my <laughs> drawn-on eyebrows and mustache and suit. So it was, a, it was a great time, a great couple of hours in the Westside Campus Center. That's funny. Did everyone know who you were? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you run up with a, a lint roller that looks like a mic and you're <laughs> asking questions with the buzzer sound in your hand. Yeah, people <laughs> they caught on quick. So. What did you do with all your hair, though? Oh, 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 oh the hair. <laughs> I tucked it back, and then I stuffed it down the back of my shirt, <laughs> and then I covered it with, like, three ball caps so it would stay down. You worked hard on I, that. I worked hard. <laughs> I was committed to the bit. <laughs> yes. I am determined to go viral on TikTok, and honestly, the numbers have been rising, so we are on our way. They are. Good. They are. <laughs> Excellent. And you're going to put the podcast on your TikTok. Of course. Right? I will be putting this on our ACSA page, on the BSU page, all the other clubs I'm a part of because I can't seem to say no anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the, the promo will be everywhere. Yeah, why wouldn't? If you had a club, why wouldn't you want Destiny on it's, it? I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm a hot commodity. <laughs> High demand. <laughs> How about your grades? They're still okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I would not be able to do this if my grades weren't okay. (laughs) A lot of my, um, at least like in my contract for SGA, for my position, there's like a GPA minimum. Like, you have to have at least like a 3.0. And I was like, it's okay. I'm there. I'm staying there. I mean, my hours of sleep have gotten much lower than I'd like them to be, but I'm still doing good. I'm trying to get out here in May. As much as I love WestCon, you know. You'll get out of here. It's time to say goodbye. Pete and I will take care of that. Yeah. Have a slip. (laughs)
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there any other things we got to mention, Pete, before we go off? Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah. I think Destiny needs to get out of her room and get involved on campus a little more. I would say so. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just, it's sad to see somebody who's just. Just a hermit. Yeah. Just yeah. never gets out with the people. Um, but yeah, we'll work on that. But otherwise, I think this is great. <laughs> We're going to promo a another podcast, another interview with Bart Basterna, right? Yeah. So uh, Bart Basterna, who's been the voice of Westcon Athletics since, I think, 1982, hmm. and has recently been uh, co-hosting the Westcon Football Podcast with Coach Loth, uh, is going to be joined by the men's and women's soccer coaches um, leading up to their, I think it's the semifinals. On Thursday, they're both they're both made it into the the conference tournament, and mm-hmm. uh, you know are hopefully both going to make it to the finals this weekend. So they're coming in to talk to Bart for a little bit. Are you on the soccer team, Destiny? Unfortunately, I am not. Hmm. Um, no one's asked you yet. Athletics. Yes, no one is. Because if they ask, me. you'll say yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll talk to the coaches about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I have been trying to make an effort to go to games this year, even though I'm a theater kid. I want to have my sports spirit. Yes, moment, exactly. You know? It was fun. So like go Wolves, support in the in the bleachers. So I'm making an effort to go see the games. And I hear our soccer team and our volleyball team has been killing it mm-hmm. this year. So I'm very excited for them. Yeah, soccer this Thursday. The I think it's the third, and then the last home football game is Saturday the fifth, mm. and one or both of the soccer teams may be playing Saturday as well. So wow. if you haven't made it yet, make it out now. When you go to the games, do you howl like a wolf? Oh, yeah. Howl, the hand signs, the little waves. We do the whole shebang. Something Let's hear about the it. howl. Oh, okay. Howl! There you go. Did I blow something out? No? Okay. We're in. No, we just Good made levels. it nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Destiny Samuel, our co-host, is going to be with us the rest of uh, the next two semesters. Back in. Yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Thanks, Destiny. No problem. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so fun. I'm lifting up my dreams right now. My for those who know, the only murders in a building podcast dreams right now. I'm I feel like Mabel. It's very cool. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Great. All right, and up next, as promised, is uh, Bart Pasterna here talking with Alex Harrison and Joe Mingachos. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a what we like to call in the business a very special podcast. Yes, it's a the soccer teams both involved in Little East Conference tournament play this week, and to add to it, both have gotten a first round bye, so they skipped the quarterfinals. Opponents to be determined Thursday at the WAC. It'll be a twin bill. Four o'clock, seven o'clock. Women, men going at it for the right to continue on and pursue the NCAA automatic bid for the LEC. Representing the women, the fabled coach, Alex Harrison here. And representing the men, the Hall of Famer, Joe Mengachos. Undefeated man. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> he's giving me the stink eye already. No, 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 not at all. Means nothing. <laughs> Gentlemen, before we even get started on the season and, and how things have ended up where they've ended up, uh, I want to bring up the fact that this university is so blessed to have so many fine coaches running their programs. 
Coach Harrison, oh, my God. Uh, Central Connecticut standout, All-American. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this. You know, they just, they come to the games, they watch the games, they have a good time, they watch the teams, and they don't know the people running the show. Well, A, number one, of course they know what they're doing, but number two, uh, if you look at the backgrounds of the coaches here at this university, stellar. You had yourself quite the collegiate career, my friend. Yeah, and that was a long time ago. And, oh, you know, stop it! And, uh, <laughs> you know, and yes, a career, and um, we do have some wonderful coaches here at Western, and um, a lot of coaches that did have standout careers. So I'm no different to a lot of these these wonderful coaches we have. And you know, I just want to take a second to thank you for doing this and bringing some light on our programs, and and Pete for setting this up here at Media Services. Well, look, we're pleased to do it, number one, and you're too modest about your accomplishments uh, because besides uh, working with the women's program here, uh, you have had a deep connection to the men's program as well. You have been a high school coach in our neck of the woods. You have run programs outside of the university as well. Soccer is a 24-7, 365 thing for you. You know what? I've been very fortunate to work with good people and one on my left here, you know, um, in all industries, you're, you're, uh, you're somebody that, you know, um, are, are an environment of who you've been around and um, who you've learned from and, and who's lucky enough to be in your life. And I've just been very fortunate with that. I've had so many good people in my life and, you know, you shape yourself from that and it doesn't just shape you as a person, but it shapes your culture as, as programs that you build and, and the way you coach and the way you deal with young student athletes, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's definitely been a great history of a, of a bunch of years coaching, but, you know, that's not just coming from me. That's coming from way before me and who I've learned from and I'm appreciative of, of, of all them people in my life and I don't look at anybody that I'm involved in or that's been in my life as as nothing short of somebody to learn from and and for me to grow and and I've definitely grown over the years and you know that's due to the to the wonderful people not only in the coaching world but at the university here at Western so you know I'm very lucky very lucky well and also I want to add that the the one of the trademarks of solid coaches good coaches great coaches is assembling an outstanding staff to work with their student-athletes, and you've done that. So props to your crew, who I think have done a marvelous job. Thank you very much. Yeah, listen, I I couldn't do it without Joe um, and his staff and, and my staff also, you know, all together. Um, not only do we share an office, um, but we are literally a, a family, and some people take take that for light, and, and we don't. We're... Um, we're there for each other when when there's a shortage in staff or we're looking for a staff member we're both looking for a staff member um, because we truly think the impact of of these coaches on our student athletes is really important Um, so between us we've we've been able to bring some really fantastic people here for the men and for the women so um, again really proud of of my staff I couldn't do it without them Um, you know they they cover a lot of things that I'm not good at, you know. So <laughs> you need you need you need good people around you. And again, like I told you before, I've been very very fortunate in my life. Well, it's it's marvelous here that, that the 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 fabric of the two teams 
intertwines, uh, even if it's men and women, and you're playing different teams, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's marvelous how the, the fabric has intertwined. And, and Joe, Hall of Famer, I think uh, the Hall of Fame of uh, dog catching is the only one you're not in uh, right now. Uh, you, you, hey, I, look, I can remember Joseph, uh, and not to date myself, Joseph is just a little baby in playing soccer and, and uh, being a star and, and ticketed for marvelous things, and he's accomplished them all. The, the people who predicted how good he would be at his various levels and doing various things, they should all get a Nostradamus cookie, you know, for, for being able to, uh, to pick out that this was a guy who's got the stuff, and you've made a seamless transition from working with the women's program to the men's program. And a thing I think you guys both have in common, Alex and, and Joe, you can address this as well, not afraid to take on all comers. You know, you got your conference schedule, and conferences can be whatever conferences can be from season to season. Recruiting dictates that. But when you go outside the conference, you guys not afraid to take on all comers. I love that in a coach. Yeah, with the men's program, it's been a slow build, a slow rebuild. Um, we tried to add one or two um, new opponents every year just to challenge us a little bit more. Um, and we've done a nice job this year. Um, I'm where I'm at because of my players, because of the coaches that I've worked with. I'm where I'm at because of Westcon. If it wasn't Westcon, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I'm blessed. Um, I've been blessed that I've uh, been able to coach a lot of great players here, and they've made me who I am. Um, a coach is only as good as his or her players, and I've been very, very fortunate to coach a great group of players since 1997. I've been able to work under and side by side with some of the greatest people, um, which is amazing. And just going off of Alex, when he mentioned family, that's what we are. We are a family. Besides what he mentioned, we even vacation together. Every summer, we're on vacation together. Our assistants, me and Alex with our families, we go to Rhode Island, we have a beach house, we invite us, invite them all. So it is, um, it is a family, and that's the way we like to treat it. I, I've seen pictures of the vacations, by the way. <laughs> we'll leave it there. No, no, no. <laughs> Good stuff. Seems like fun. Very great stuff. And, 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 you know, it's all part, like I said, it's all part of the, uh, the fabric here. And, you know, the thing that just amazes me is that uh, the quality of soccer, because you can go division to division to division, and we – all know, depending on where you are, uh, well, it doesn't matter what division you are. What matters is the quality of the soccer. And so at Division III, we're going to be honest with each other. There are pockets here in these United States where the quality of Division Three soccer, you go, am I, eh, are there really divisions in soccer? This is, what's, what's the difference here? You know, yet... I see in these two programs uh, that ability to compete 
uh, on a daily basis with the best of Division Three. Proof has been in the pudding with the, uh, the finish to this campaign for the women's program. And on the men's side, uh, the record speaks for itself. But at the, you know, at the same time, you sit back and you go, hello. You, you know, what, what more can you possibly do to prove to people? And maybe the proof of the pudding is when some schools who heretofore may have drooled at the prospect of playing a state school uh, so far at the end of New England, because depending on how you look at it, we're either at the beginning of New England or we're at the end of New England. Which one are we? Are we razzles? Are we candy or a gum? You know? And, and, so, <laughs> and so there are there are those schools that, you know, will start to say, if I want to play a non-conference game against the Wolves, you know, and and it it's it's been true in more than one sport that I've seen over the years, and it's um, it's it's and it's either something you could smile about or something to go, hey, come on, the best should play the best. That's the way it should be, right, Joe? Yeah, no question. Um, you know, back in the early 2000s with the women's program we used to play the elite and that's why we were so fortunate in 2007 uh to get to the final four you know we played the best out of the best when i took over the men's program we were not in the position to play those teams it's taken us a while to rebuild this program and i used to reach out to teams and they wouldn't want to play us because they saw our record now it's funny how many different phone calls I'm getting, emails, text messages of teams that want to play now um, because of our record and the success that we've built, uh, rebuilt here. So, again, we want to rebuild this program in the right way. Um, we're very fortunate. We have a melting pot here of players. Um, we have a lot of ethnicity. We're in an area of a lot of ethnicity, whether it's Brazilians, Ecuadorians, you name it, we got it. Um, and the nice thing about everything that Media Services is doing for us, uh, recruiting, we're recruiting nationally now. We're fortunate. We got a kid from Miami, Florida on our squad. We got a kid from Michigan on our squad. So we're growing. Um, We've done a nice job. My assistants have done a great job of recruiting, going to different showcases and camps to grow the program because the only way you're going to grow, grow the program is by recruiting. And ultimately, Alex, you have to sell the kids on an educational uh, fit as well for them, uh, which is why a lot of private schools have benefited in the past from national recruiting. Oh, the kid from California will come here because yeah, the program situation fits them and they could be with uh, an elite uh, squad here in the in the Northeast, but you know you Western Westcon has that that match academically uh, as well as with the program, right? Yeah, listen, there's there's definitely some programs here, and that's why we have the some of these elite players playing for us. You know, they they find a program that um, they can call home, and like you said, the academic piece that rolls with that is is um, something that makes this a good fit. But Bart, what I've really seen, um, especially from the two programs here, and I can't talk for other programs, is when we bring these kids here and these potential kids that could be players for us, um, the atmosphere they walk into, the the care and the love from the coach and staff of what 
the kid and the family get when they're here. That's what makes it special. That's what makes us an option, I think. Uh, I think that they see that we are a family and we're not just selling family and not being a family. Um, I think they see that and I think they say, you know what, I've got a great soccer piece here that compete anywhere in New England or further down like you were mentioning before. Um, you know, a program that inspires and continues to, to force, you know, them themselves on the national scene by, by going to national tournaments and, and all that fun stuff. But on top of that, they see an academic piece and they look down our rosters and they see people in majors that they're like, oh, actually, I've done some really good research here that this is a, is a top program in New England. But then also on top of them two things, which are important, obviously, in a kid's decision, um, they see a, a, a group of people that actually really care. They care about the program. They care about the school. Um, they care what environment that they put these kids through because these kids, let's be honest, in, in the culture that is what the women's program is and, and the men's program, um, it's, just, it's just tremendous culture. It's tough for a, um, an incoming kid to come here. Um, you know, you're walking into a very successful team or a team that is traditionally very successful and, and walking in day one knowing that, you know, the aspiration is to, to be there at the end, to be playing in big, big games at the end of the season. But on top of that, to be a great kid, you know, to be a part of the culture that's already here and been here for years and years, you know. So, um, yeah, listen, I think uh, education piece is, that, is absolutely important. That's why all these kids are here. Um, but I think they get so many other things on top of that. And I think Joe and I were talking about that even just a couple of weeks ago, of even where him and I have come from and, and what we've put on the table for these players moving forward now. And it's just a, bet, it's just a great, great environment to be a part of. Well, I think it's great to go up and down the rosters, Joe, and, and see, um, you know, maybe uh, going back, and I'm not talking about uh, Westcon, just any school. Going up and down the rosters, and uh, you know, all, quite often they'll list you know majors of kids, and you would see eighty percent of kids being in general studies. Going back, this is going back years. Now you see, you talk about diversity of individuals comprising your roster. It's phenomenal, I think, gentlemen, to see the diversity of majors that these young men and women are in, involved in. They they really they have that thought process going early on where they want to be and what they want to do. And so it's really a different world, Joe, than, than it was. No question. When you're talking about general studies, you're probably talking about Joe Mingachos. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> uh, no, you're absolutely right. When I bring these kids in uh, with their parents for a recruiting visit, I sell them on our three biggest values. Number one, family. Nothing comes before family. Number two, your academics. Number three, your athletics. Anything that comes in between that, it's just noise that you don't need. And without your academics, there is no athletics. So you're coming here to get a degree. You can come here be a four-time All-American, score 1,000 goals for me. If you don't have that piece of paper at the end of four years, we haven't done our job and mom and dad are pretty ticked off. You come here, instead of being an All-American for four years, maybe all-conference for a year, instead of 1,000 goals, you score 100 goals. 
you have that piece of paper at the end, you have a job lined up, you're lined up at grad school, guess what, mom and dad are thrilled and the coaching staff has done their job. So when I have parents, I'm sure Alex is the same way, after a game, thank you coach, great game, mm -mm. don't thank me. Thank me when your son or daughter graduates. Well, the other thing I want to bring up is that so now you 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 know you've got a kid and you're recruiting a kid and it's all true to the mark, the family aspect, the student aspect, and the athletic aspect. Still, you can only put so many kids on a field at a time, and so uh, because it's uh, it's one of the Harsh realities of life. One has to have a full roster because one must be prepared. Next man up, next man up, next man up uh, type of situation. Or uh, kid transfers or something happens. Um, so um, it's I've got to imagine for both you guys, it's got to be one of the <laughs> toughest things to, to manage that time when you're recruiting uh, such talented kids. Uh, it's... Got to be a little tough on on the kid, but that's also I think it, it's part of that equation. Here you go, you it's family, it's being a student, it's being an athlete, but it's also a little piece. We got to have this this chunk of reality here that says, uh, "Be patient, your time will will come." It's it's got to be a difficult thing because we're, we're talking about two very talented teams. Bart, it's not difficult. It's impossible. <laughs> it's absolutely impossible. And, you know, we have a very large roster. Um, but what have we done? We've set up reserve games for those kids. So they get five or six reserve games against teams like AIC, a Division Two, Franklin Pierce a Division II powerhouse. So these kids are getting minutes. I've uh, been able to get every single kid on my roster varsity minutes. Um, so it is difficult. Um, you know, where fortunately we've had a very successful season. We've, you know, currently undefeated, but you still don't have 100% of the kids happy. Everybody is always looking for more and more. It's just the... The name of the game, it's an impossibility. Whether we had 25 or 35, you're never, ever going to keep everybody happy. So that's why don't pick the school because of the soccer. Pick the school for the academics because that's what you're coming to do. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I 100% agree. And I think it's... Um it's important that these these players these incoming players that, that come to our programs you know um they do as you know they have their phones in their hand more than ever now they do as much research as we do on them you know they they know where our rosters are at they know who we have playing for them um they they've watched games they've come on their recruiting visits been down watching practice watching games you know again i as much as um kids value playtime and all that stuff they also you know as a as an incoming kid if you if you've been very competitive in your career and and, and your life you know you also want to play for a program that you see potential in too as well a, a program that can um can win and, and can push you and sometimes you know what is it to be right the 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 big fish in a small pond or the other way around right so i think um i think they see our program and and 
watch our program and know the types of players we have here. And, and Joe had mentioned earlier that some of the pro, some of the players that we've had in uh, some of the student athletes we've had in our programs. Oh my God, am- amazing! And, and again, why we are here today, you know, um, they're the ones that do it every day, day in, day out. They, as much as we preach culture and we develop culture, they live the culture. They're the ones, you know, that that are in the dorms, that are in the classroom, coming from the classroom to practice, coming from the classroom to a bus, to a travel, to an overnight, to a this, to that, right? Um, So I think kids, as much as as they also take a look and say, you know what, it's important for me to play when I go to college and pick the correct program, they also want to play for a program that they see potential and that every given day they want to play in them big, big games that we're talking about that we've been lucky enough to be playing in for the for for a bunch of years now so well and i also look at it in a way and i know it's hard to explain to a kid and you're you know by the time you hit college you're really not a, a kid anymore you're a young adult okay young adult but um it's not easy to explain yet my mantra has always been be happy with whatever minutes you're getting because those minutes are going to prep you for more minutes. And, you know, if you've had kids get banged up during a game. All of a sudden, you know, Larissa has to exit or somebody uh, gets a little banged up or you want to, you don't want to throw caution in the wind. Hey, I see her hobbling a little bit. You know, so it's next man up. So whatever minutes you get, prep you for the more minutes that you can get and here's the thing and this is why i bring it up it's not to admonish it's to actually extol the virtues because i have seen kids on both teams who have taken that opportunity and run with it instead of just saying okay well i'm out there because so and so is hurt i'm out there gotta do my job and they've done it well to a woman to a man with both these programs, Alex. Yeah, listen, I I know one thing about Joe and I, and um, when players step on the field, um, they know what their their role is. They know what their job is. You know, I, I don't think it's uh, if you were to pull any one of my student athletes aside and say, hey, listen, you're you're a center mid, and and you've played the last. Uh, what you played the last game? What what's your job out there, and what what is your responsibility? They could they could give you a list bar, and you know, I know Joe's is as specific as I am, and I think that's one thing that helps players, right? When especially when opportunity comes, and that's the name of our season this year, right? We. We've unfortunate in the mid part of the season we we got a bunch of injuries you know we we fell last year we were extremely lucky with injuries and we kind of you know glided past and and didn't really have to deal with it too much this year um in that middle phase you know um we picked up a bunch and and a couple of season ending and um it's sad and it gets sadder every time you know um every time there's a season ending injury it gets harder and sadder and tougher to watch um but you know what? I think when 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 you have players that know their roles and their responsibilities on the field, and and that you talk about their strengths as players, and and that's what you want to see, and that's what we focus on when we go on the field, right? We're not we're not focusing on what they do bad, right? We're focusing on what they do good, and that's what we want every day. That's what that's the the commitment from them to us when they step on the field, and when they know that 
when they step on the field and we we talk about it all the time right it's it's opportunity and opportunity turns into bigger opportunity right and and then players there um that are guided and the that understand uh what that what that responsibility is when them opportunities come they're only going to succeed more right because they know what they need to do and do they always execute no but Again, it's uh, unfortunately, and some people would say it's a short season, um, and, and, and it is, but it's so, oh my God, so crammed, so packed, so many games, short period of time, that it comes with a lot of opportunity, you know, and, and I think uh, them players that step up in them opportunity moments, and especially with injuries, right, when injuries come, you, you need you need a squad, and that goes back to like we talked about recruiting players and bringing players here you know it's a it's a game of soccer it's 11 players but you look at the end of everybody's statistics chart and there's not 11 players on that statistics chart you know you're looking at a season of, of 25 30 however many players are playing in that season and everybody has a role and um as as more as more defined as that role can get and that can look and the kids know it the more success they're going to see and, and when them opportunities come they're going to be better because of it i'm just happy that joe's team came back from randall's island in intact historic field don't get me wrong joseph but that is a, a, a scary place i'm sorry it's a scary place the wind whatever i don't care who played there in the past what magnificent games may have been there um I have always felt, after visiting Randall's Island, I was always glad it was simply a visit uh, to go there. <laughs> you know what, Bart? Um, again, it's not only for the games. It was something culturally for some of these guys. Yeah. Some of these guys had never been to the city, you know, to New York City. And to be able to play on a field with the background in New York City and be able to take pictures that they can send back to their family in Michigan or in Miami, that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. You know, it has. it's not only about the soccer, it's about the cultural aspect of it also. I'm just worried that, you know, Giorgio Canalia's ghost was <laughs> going to come up from, from somewhere. No, uh, no, Giorgio, no, Giorgio didn't come, but we were right next to the field at the New York Cosmos <laughs> play, yeah. Icon Stadium. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely. But, again, it's one of those experiences you, mm -hmm. you wouldn't trade. Now, speaking of trading things, uh, I'm going to guess both of you guys. Joseph, you, you wouldn't trade getting a first-round bye in a conference Turning so your team can lick a few wounds and get ready for uh, for semifinal play. No, I wouldn't trade it. <laughs> no. Well, you know, we tried, you know, last year we played a quarterfinal, semifinal, and final. And I think the difference in the final was playing that Tuesday, Thursday, and Thursday playing at 8.30 p.m., getting back around 1, 1.30 a.m. on Friday morning, and then needing to turn around and play Saturday at, 12 or yeah, 12, something crazy. Yeah. It was just too much. So um, I would take the bye any day. Yeah, and and win on Thursday, and you play at home for that automatic bid, and so there's no traveling involved, and everybody's, everybody's in time for bed check. Yeah, just got to win on Thursday. That's all we're focused, or that's all I'm focused, one yeah. game at a time. Opponent to be determined. Yep. Be before we go to Alex... Uh, your assessment uh, of the conference this season, um, 
in in Toto, uh, how you felt conference play went, how you felt your team approached those those conference games. Um, just your your thoughts on the LEC. Again, a very tough conference, um, with the exception of one game. Every game was tight. Um, you know, we're, we're going to play the winner of the Rhode Island College Castleton game. You look at those scores, uh, Castleton, we beat 2 nothing. We scored the second goal with a minute and a half left in the game. Rhode Island College, you know, um, we beat 2-1, to one, both at home. Um, so it's going to be anybody's tournament. Um, I'm just um, very happy for my guys to do what they did. It hasn't been done in a long, long time, that finishing undefeated in the regular season. Um, and accomplishing what they have um, both on and off the field this year has been incredible. Never in a million years would I have told you we were going to finish this, we were going to do this, we were going to do that, but we did, so all the credit to the boys. And the reward is they don't have to get on a bus and, and travel anywhere. If, they, if they're fortunate enough to win it, they can win it at home. And... The same has to hold true to a certain extent, I would think, for the for the women's program, avoiding that that quarterfinal game. Yes, uh, you know you'd have to cross your fingers and your toes that uh, some way somehow the top seed, who you just beat, by the way, you throw that in there. <laughs> so this is no trust me. Anybody from Southern Maine tapping into the podcast, there's no no casting of aspersions. That was. Well, that was Saturday's game against Southern Maine. One of the best games you could ever see, ever watch. And there were so many things that nobody will ever think about having seen. But they saw it. I'm talking about defense because there was only one goal in the contest. What a magnificent start-to-finish game. Coach and the staff can pick apart stuff. Me, as an observer, loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. The two big guns involved in the only goal, and those people, they, the, those, those subtle assassins, as I like to call them, who just get the job done. The Gould kid. This is a kid on the verge of a 20-goal season. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found the entire game. Nowhere. How do you do that? How do you do that? So you're coming off a, a great game. You get the bye, um, opponent to to be determined, still in the air, the possibility of being able to have the, the road to the two A's run through you. Some things would have to happen you have no control of. But, you know, like Joe and, and his team, you got to be feeling good at least. You're not hitting the road on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, you know, to my colleague and more important friend, you know, I want to take. I want him to take it home as as much as I want us to take it home. You know, um, and he's always been the same way with us. You know, even even last year when we were as fortunate to do what we did, he was our biggest fan and supporter. And you know, that really makes you know this worthwhile. Um, us, listen, the conferences um, in the top portion of the conference, like Joe said, it's it's been it's been extremely tight. You know, the 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 two through 
five, six. It's there've been some really good games. There's, and again, looking back at the uh, the Boston Keen, which we had the winner of today, they played today. In the in the first game they played each other, it was a two one two one contest uh, where Keane was up one nothing, and then Boston comes back to win two one. So, um, I, you know, to predict what's going to happen in three six and four five, I, I just couldn't. You know, um, so it's been it's been that kind of season, and and again, for us, I think uh, you know having that that buy on a Tuesday, you know, um, getting us back getting us a few extra you know seconds to to relax and rest and not be traveling or playing um and and more importantly you know any more types of injuries that add up onto the list that we have you know um is nice so come Thursday you know um uh, a part of our season or or one section that I'm really really proud of our kids is when it's come to a game that um, is a true game and, and that we that we should be worried about and um, and that we're a little tense about, that's when they've really come out and played. You know, um, the games that we feel we should have in hand, we've been complacent and they know that. And um, they know whoever whoever walks out on, on Thursday, whoever we play, I know they're going to walk down and, and, and come onto that field with, with, with a little bit inside that they're going to be you know, a little worried. You know, and it's it's uh, it's a uh, parity is 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 better in in our conference this year. And you know, first day's going to be a game no matter who it is. So you know, um, again, definitely proud of the way that they've stepped up in in big time moments. Uh, um, and again, the the win on Saturday um, to me. Um, the most important part is there was a challenge in in front of us, and we stepped up and played. You know, forget about who it is and where it stands and where it puts us in the conference. It was a challenge, and um, you know, experience is a is a wonderful thing. When you have experience in big time games, it really helps you. Really helps you when you know what you're doing. Well, it, both of you guys know exactly what you're doing. These programs have benefited so greatly. And and one reason, folks, we put so much emphasis on a conference tournament and that automatic bid is because if if you think it's tough to win a conference tournament, it's tough to get an at-large bid to the to the NCAA tourney. And, and Joe, your team is nationally ranked, nationally ranked, and and still you want to lock this puppy up through the conference tourney because there's no guarantees for at-large bids. That that falls to committee. I don't know where that committee is, okay? I don't know what room they're hanging out in. I've got no say in it. I can't even, I can't even slip a, an envelope under the door uh, to say consider these, these teams, consider who they've played, consider what they've accomplished. Um, so... That's why we put so much emphasis on this conference tourney and why these games are so big and why it's great that the players get it, get it when it comes to the fact that uh, meaningful, uh, capital M, meaningful, because uh, this may be the only entree into the postseason. No question. That's why um, it's so important for guys like Franz Muhash, Ken Enorino, Gustavo Medina that have been here uh, for three years, um, this is their fourth, uh, redeeming themselves. Because as freshmen, they lost in the semifinals. Um, 
their sophomore year, COVID happened. Last year, we lost in the finals. So um, they have another chance to redeem themselves. And um, my goal as a coach is to send everyone out of here with at least one conference championship and one NCAA tournament bid. They got the regular season championship. Now they got to go get the tournament championship because there's no guarantees. Even if this team returns 100% next year, there's no guarantee that we're going to be in the place that we're in today. And we should point out to people, because of, of COVID, uh, student athletes are entitled to an extra year. So, so guys who may be deemed as seniors actually have another year that they can utilize. It's their choice. Uh, and the NCAA, in, in one of its magnificent acts of kindness, was smart enough to see. Also, there are probably some lawyers involved, but we won't bring that up. That's, that's besides the point. Look, the depth factor is there. We know you, you've got the personnel, uh, Joe, to get her done. Even to have depth in goalkeeping, not a lot of teams can enjoy that. Often programs are fortunate if they have uh, a numero uno and a person on the rise who can take over when numero uno exits the college or, or university. Uh, you've got uh, some incredible depth there. And, and defensively, you've had a lot of unsung heroes for every uh, offensive moment that has been brilliant. And, uh, you know, I, I could throw out a, a lot of names there because they're delightful to watch. I think once you go back and you look at, at films and see the marvelous work, you mentioned Gustavo, I don't care what hair color he has per game. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, he can go with any color he wants as long as he keeps doing uh, what he does. Uh, Dutro, who's just an absolute beast uh, out there. Only a uh, freshman. It, it, only, only a freshman. And the marvelous additions to the roster. You remembered, uh, you mentioned uh, your man from Miami. Yep, Nico. And, Shepherds. Yes. And it's like, he. he he reminds me of a, uh, a Marvel Universe character uh, called Nightcrawler. Because one minute, he's on the near sideline. In the next minute, he's on the far sideline. And I shouldn't even say minute. In the next second, he's on the far sideline. Uh, you know, once you go back and you look and you, and you see the layers uh, to a game, I'm, I'm pointing at the fact that depth factor will come into play especially now at this point of the season, uh, because if you see a particular matchup that's not working, you may have to switch uh, or shift some bodies around to make it happen for your squad because uh, you don't want to be one and done. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think that's one of the things I'm most proud about this year. We've used either 18 or 19 different players in the starting lineup. Three of them were goalkeepers. We started all three goalkeepers at one point during the season. So our depth is not in question. Um, it's time to go out and get the job done now. We're not going to reinvent the wheel at practice. They know what they got to do. When we bring these kids in to recruit, our job is to get them into the playoffs. We got into the playoffs. It's their turn now to get the job done and host that trophy up, hopefully, on Saturday. But we need to win on Thursday first. Now, if the team does win on Thursday, want to point out it's going to be time to be determined on yes. on Saturday. Yep. So, because it, it 
It took a while for time to get determined. <laughs> well, because uh, we might be dealing with three games at home on Saturday. Yeah. We might be dealing with football, definitely football. At noon. Yeah, possibly men's soccer and possibly women's soccer all at the WAC. In Korea. Yeah. And we just, we just hope they... They bring back the jalapeno pretzels. <laughs> if it's going to be a triple header, I can't get through a triple header without jalapeno pretzels. Yeah. We'll make sure we the, get the, them for you. Know, you. the warm ones. Yeah. Yeah, the big warm ones. That would be nice, Coach. Yeah. We would like that. Uh, for you, Alex, the depth factor is certainly coming to play because you've had some people uh, who are banged up. But, again, people have, have stepped up. Uh, you've proven you got goalkeeping depth. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, and what a, a marvelous uh, trio of kids right there. But again, you know, it's, it's like you know, selling everybody on the fact that this, this is it. You know, every game could be your last uh, right now. That's almost a, a daunting task. It would be a daunting task for, for anybody in any business type of situation. You know, but here you are dealing with with young people and just saying, we we need to get her done and still have that shot of hanging out at home. Uh, and say, Let's make it a triple header. We'll send out for sandwiches. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. You talk about starting free goalkeepers this year. We've done the same thing. Um, so... Listen, I I think um, again, and I alluded it to alluded to it earlier. Um, yeah, it's a daunting task. One and done is a daunting task. A quarterfinal is a daunting task. A semi-final, a final, getting on a bus or not getting on a bus, being at home, being away. There's 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 issues with all of that, right? It, 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 one pathway isn't better than the other, right? And um, Joe and I, even when we worked together for for multiple years, you know, we've seen every different pathway. You know, uh, <laughs> we've been we've been anywhere from any seed in 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 the tournaments. Uh, we've been on the road three times. We've been at home twice. We've been at home. For, you know, so again, I think it's um, it's being able to to express that to student athletes and how that feels and where we've been in the past you know that they're not alone and and this is the first time anybody in the program is feeling this you know um and then again the the retention of these kids and and having these kids continue joe's talking about three or four kids that you know have now the opportunity to to turn this around or to do something that they haven't it's the retention of these kids and keeping them here that they only get better and better with experience and knowing what it feels like when maybe they didn't do it or or even better the feeling that it feels like when they do do it or then they do do it a couple of times so um i think we have players that know how to get things done so as joe's saying you know we it's time to get it done you know the 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 12th man or or whatever you want to call it is sometimes you know having that experience not only from a from a player standpoint but from a coaching staff standpoint and being in every situation you can imagine um and being able to to pick moments from them moments and share with players and makes them feel comfortable makes them feel more at ease that they're they're not on this on their own and that we can talk about other situations you know so um yeah you know the experience, ex, uh, the the ability to um, to not only have wonderful, wonderful players that we both have in, in the program, 
um, the wonderful, wonderful kids that we have in our programs, um, the wonderful students that we have in our programs, but kids that, you know, do ever so much for all of us in our programs and and now get to this moment where it is, like you say, potentially one and done and be able to get things done and, and you know what, roll on like a very normal day, you know, and uh, that's unique to, to us, I think, because of, of where this culture of this program's been at. Yeah, past that midterm and, oh, I got a soccer game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, coming yeah. up. <laughs> and I'd like to add one more thing and... I'll speak on behalf of Alex on both of us. I don't want anybody to think this is a one-man show or a one-staff show. This is a total university show. The support that we get from our athletic department, the support that we get from academic counseling, from admissions, from my financial aid, from the registrar's office. I mean, I know I'm forgetting something, but it's everybody that's involved in allowing us to not only build a successful program, but to keep a successful program around for years and years. And that's the one thing that I and Alex are most proud of is the consistency that our programs have had year after year after year after year. The, the faculty that the reach out and, and that share where students are and, and their grades and, and the effort that they put into all of our student athletes to, to keep them there because they're a part of our attention too. Yes, soccer, absolutely, but we've talked about academics. So the role that faculty play here and, and keeping our students here, like, so thankful for a lot of things. And um, I wish we could, you know, Name everyone. <laughs> I wish we could not miss people out, and because there there are wonderful, wonderful people here at the university. You know? oh, trust me, they 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 feel the love. And one thing I want to throw in, as uh, being throwing out the love for you guys and your staff, uh, is that I do want to point out. That let's not forget, folks, during the season when you got to worry about all the other schmutz that we just mentioned and the games themselves. Uh, you know, travel and this and that, and the other thing. Um, we also have to throw into the fact that. You're recruiting kids while you're in your season, okay? Because high school soccer and prep school soccer, et cetera, is all going on while NCAA Division Three soccer seasons are in focus. So I want to give big props as well because that's another added component uh, to what's going down is not easy. And the it's getting easier because of the quality of the programs, obviously, because technology, the pooch, who may secretly be behind all of this, <laughs> who has, has made, uh, technology has made it easier for people to access somewhere they are considering going to so that all the private schools don't get every single kid from every state in the union here. We should, we should have, you know, I wish we could have um, you know, just so many teams that just had a kid from every state in the union. We could do special <laughs> halftime shows and everything. It would be phenomenal. But look, I, I'm happy that, and this is nothing disparaging about tri-state kids, because that finally opened up. That picture for you guys opened up that that we could be a more tri-state uh, university in terms of student-athletes. But, you know, to have that kid come in, from from somewhere else, I think it's great for the student body. It's great for a team, and at the same time, 
Uh, it gets other people interested in your university as a whole. Because let's face it, at the at the end of the day, we want to have every professor talking to a room full of kids, you know, in a classroom uh, that's out there. And what's a way to do that? Expose this this university to a wider audience. And that's why we're, I'm going to finish up on this point. I want to commend both of you, you guys, because your programs, your teams are marvelous ambassadors for this university, not just for what you guys do in the community, because I know you have your teams going out doing stuff in great, the greater Danbury area, but just ambassadors for the university wearing the Westcon name, being wolves, being out there on these streams at Pooch Supplies and uh, and letting people know more about the West Con experience. So if I had a cap on, I would tip it to both you guys for that. Thank you. You know, so I want to wish you guys the best. Uh, Thursday will be here soon enough. Let's have a nice, nice ride. I say triple header Saturday. Why not? You I can, agree. You can even skip the pretzels. <laughs> if it's going to be a big deal, I don't want to push. Okay, just a nice Aquafina will be uh, will be good enough. Maybe a cup of coffee, but an Aquafina will be good. Uh, and, and let's make it a triple header Saturday. Best of luck on Thursday to both you guys. Thank you and God bless. Thanks, Paul. We appreciate you. That's our little podcast here, previewing what's going down and what's been going down for the Westcon soccer programs. My thank is, thanks as always uh, to Pooch Behind the Glass for doing a marvelous job. For Coach H, for Coach Mingachos, uh, Man Myth Hall of Famer, we say thank you for being with us and go Wolves! All right, that's it for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening and subscribing and doing all the things. And uh, keep an eye out for more at WCSU's and Westcon Football Podcast. At WCSU is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WCSU Podcasts. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening.